Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Lou Gowen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Extreme Rules was a thing, wasn't it? In fact, let's get straight on with the review. We'll see you in a bit. And we're going to kick off with the main event, which was quite a terrific match between Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental title. It was a 30-minute Iron Man match, not the most extreme stipulation ever, but it, it, is an, it is a stipulation. And I was really into it, and about four, five, six minutes in, so 24 minutes after this, the crowd were looking at the clock that was counting down on the big Titantron screen, and they were like, hey... This is like the Royal Rumble. Okay, when it gets to the thing, 10, 9, and they count down from 10, they get to 1, 0. They don't have a buzzer for the Royal Rumble, so they all go, which was very funny. And it was funny the second time as well. And it was funny the third time. But then there were 21 more times, at least, because it wasn't only those bits on the minute, every minute, they took, the, they took the counter off screen for a bit to try and stop people doing this. So they didn't know how many times they had to count. So we were getting two a minute. Because I was like, why are they counting down at 20 seconds? Yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's because they, the WWE, or Kevin Dunn apparently, had taken down the counter from the Titantron screen. So people just guessed. Well, there was that. And there was also people, the other reports that I've heard as well from people in the building, where the people then got out their phones to just watch it on the network. It's because the clock was still on screen on the network version. So people just got out their phones, loaded up the network, so they could see when the 10 seconds were coming, so they could count down in time. But those other people who didn't have their phones out were just doing it, like, just guessing at when it might happen. I mean, that's really resourceful. That's impressive. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that, actually. And I'm, It's amazing they got Wi-Fi connection when there are that many people there. Or just using your 4G. Yeah, must not have been a, a sellout. Maybe. Maybe. Well, you know, when you get loads of people with phones in the same places, the phones just don't connect yep. 4G or otherwise. Uh, so, yes. What? Well, yeah, it's... I, t- I kind of 
have an element of sympathy for the crowd because this was not a good show. This was a quite below average show with booking and finishes that were designed to slowly kill the audience. And the match structure in, in terms of like the card structure was very weird as well. Why not have AJ and Rusev main event if you're going to have this really crappy main event finish? So the crowd were kind of bored anyway. Long show, frustrating show. And yeah, like sometimes you're just asking for it. You put a, a counter up there. The crowd are going to... Yeah, what do you well, think? Well, I, I mean, so I, I put out a tweet this morning that said, F that crowd. And we've had this discussion on this show many, many times over with you know, regards to beach balls, regards to hijacking main events. Like, is it the show's fault or is it the fans? You know, or the fans that pay the money, they do the whatever they want, you know? And I completely buy into that argument. I can see both sides of the coin. But I would say F this crowd because this very much felt like... It's one of those times where I'm watching this as a fan on the outside of this. You know, I wasn't there in the building. But as a fan watching this on the network, getting up at half past four this morning to watch it, because they're now very, very long shows, including watching the pre-show as well. It's five hours worth of content. That wrestling fans piss and moan that Roman Reigns is in the main event. It's Roman Reigns this, it's Roman Reigns that. And WWE finally essentially give the fans what they want which is a wrestling match in the main event with two guys that they keep going push these guys these are the guys we want push these guys and they do and the crowd still just hijack the main event and it's it's one of these things where wwe will look at that and be like oh it's not roman reigns then oh it's the main event people don't like or it's this they don't like or it's that they don't like and they'll just move it away from blaming Roman Reigns. It's the people who want to hijack these shows to show WWE that they don't like Roman in the main event. have done themselves, they've, you know, run themselves a cropper now because now they're showing that they don't like Seth Rollins or Dolph Ziggler in the main event either. So and Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre. By yeah, exactly. So it, like that, it, it's just so damaging to the product itself and it's just got to a point where the WWE can essentially go like well it doesn't matter what we put on in the main event then because fans are just going to crap all over it anyway so what's the point and it's you know when they had um I, I, you know issues with this crowd up and down the card during the Roman Reigns Bobby Lashley match the chants of Rusev Day were so much louder there than they were in Rusev's actual match so again that's WWE go like okay so Rusev's not actually over it's just people enjoy doing the chants like yes and Daniel Bryan. Yeah, exactly. It's not Daniel Bryan over. It's the chant that's over. That's WWE's thinking, not ours. Not ours. Exactly. We're just bruising it up here. <laughs> exactly. Stop being a Pritchard. So, it, I, and I think that is quite damaging. And I've had a lot of people come up to me on, or not come up to me, but they've said things back to me on Switch and they've got back in touch with me to say that, hey, you know, the crowd can do whatever they want. Someone, in fact, got in touch with me to say, like, look, my brother-in-law was there with his kids, these, like, 11 to 13 years. They spent $400 on these tickets, like, to get some really good seats for this. So, and they got a really bad show. So, of course, they were going to just crap all over the main event. My argument to that, though, is that WWE bad booking is not a new phenomenon. Like, it's not like WWE putting mm. on bad B-shows is like, well, that's a new trend. Like, it's... I feel that as wrestling fans, we've always said that WWE, the main roster sucks and it's always poorly booked and it's always never really made a lot of sense. So if really, like, if if that's your if that's your argument, don't buy tickets then. Oh, I don't know, because the, the logical extent of that argument is we stop watching. Well, that's, and, yeah, well, of course it is. I mean, yeah. you and I can, it's our job. But, like, if, if fans are so disinterested in the product then stop watching i i don't know man i think you've gone too much the other way there i usually i'm on the the fan side like with the beach balls and stuff 
for shows that are this long, for booking and feuds that are so lacklustre. I fully understand a bored audience just wanting to have fun, just trying to salvage something from a night because they haven't really been given their money's worth in the ring. Not for, not necessarily from the wrestlers, but just from the creative decisions yeah. uh, that from, from up high. But this was Dolph Ziggler, like you said, versus Seth Rollins, 30-minute Iron Man match. Uh, and, and it's not Roman Reigns in the main event. That was very nearly the main event up until the day of. It was Reigns versus Lashley in the final slot. But apparently a lot of people lobbied backstage for Seth and Dolph to get that slot. They did. They took a gamble, I guess, in their eyes, and it hasn't paid off. And it's not like it was a bad match. It got a little... It lost its way a bit in the middle because I think the the counter being taken off screen through and the chance threw Rollins and Ziggler off because they just went into a rest hold forever. Yeah. And then they had to ask the referee, by all accounts... To get the timing, to get the timer back on the screen. Apparently, you can hear him say it. Yeah, about, right. About thirteen minutes left to go. Seth Rollins says to the referee, "It was better when the clock was up." Yeah, because they they're trying to hit their own cues, and especially the nature of the finish, where they need to know when that timer is ticking down, so Seth can make that attempted cover all the more dramatic. So, yeah, the the crowd started these chants six minutes into what was a very good match. So there's no excuse for that. Just, yeah. So I, but at the same time, terrible show where, which, and the the match before it had just kind of, oh yeah, I, it, it's, it, it's, it's, yeah. it's like it's rubbish all round, isn't it? Yeah, it wasn't a really great show. And, and, it's, and I, I did quite like the main event, although as I said to you this morning, I think that there was, I think that the floor of this main event was that it did make Dolph look like an absolute chump. Yeah, and like he he lost two falls within seven minutes. So should we should we d- give a little review for the match? Yeah. So, uh, oh god, Michael Cole, <laughs> here comes the King Slayer. Hey, man, he is he is mm. bad. Well, actually, I mean, it was a here's a shocker for you. It was a bad night of commentary. There mm. were some absolute clangers in there. My coach was a bit. Coach was so bad, but like. I laughed at it at the time, but having now listened to uh, Brian Alvarez and uh, Vinny's review of it on the Brian and Vinny show, the line that made me laugh the most, which is when Seth Rollins went one up, and Cole just turns, he goes, Graves, does this bode well for Seth Rollins? Like, I mean, yeah, he's one up. Of course hey, it bodes well. I, I get where you're coming from, but when England went one nil up against Croatia last Wednesday, we were all kind of like, oh, I don't think this is good for us. <laughs> We're just going to throw it away. The preferred face score. I uh, kept saying to your mate Graham, I was like, I'd really like it if we got a second goal. Just yeah. to ease up my anxiety. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what happened to Seth. He got the first pin in five minutes after a buckle bomb and then a roll up. And then he got a second one uh, with a curb stomp. Yeah. So, yeah, you're telling that story that Dolph has no chance. He's been beaten twice in a fair fight. And Seth was dominating as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not like so, like, it's not like Dolph was getting like hope spots. Seth was he just dominated him for seven minutes and beat him twice. Yeah, and then frustrated because he's seen his uh, his whatever it whatever their relationship is, his boss, his lover, his what, his best friend. Drew McIntyre gets in and beats up Seth Rollins for one DQ. Yeah, several attacks, one DQ. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, Dolph, that, and then Drew gets sent to the back, and that's when Dolph starts to capitalize. Uh, so yeah, Dolph did nothing offensively. 
with by himself. No, exactly. And so my alternative version of this, where you can almost tell the same story, but make it so that it's not the heel having to like re you know at the disadvantage, is that the very first thing you do is that Drew attacks Dolph and uh, attacks Seth. Yeah, and completely lays him out. And so Dolph goes up like you know three one in the first three minutes, and then you're yeah. like, well now. Whoa! Now we're like Seth's now got to make this monument. He's got to make a comeback as a babyface. He's got to come back and defy the odds to try and you know to capture this belt. Psychology-wise, that makes a lot more sense. Having the babyface overcome the odds of a heel. Yeah. yeah, sure. But in this bit, you're like, oh wow, Seth is two nil up. Yeah, because then the rest of the match, the commentators keep going like, Seth threw away a three nil lead. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, cool. We're waiting to put over your babyface there. So after Seth gets attacked by Drew. Um, that's when Dolph in quick fashion gets these. He just like hits the zigzag, gets a pin right away off Drew's Claymore. Uh, there's a super kick for another. And then he gets the fourth after after the Drew beatdown thing. Can't even get a fourth pin by himself here. He has to put his feet on the ropes yeah. to get that one. So that's 15 minutes in. And that's where I was like, the crowd have got to stop chanting now. <laughs> it's good because it was like, yeah, 24 minutes of this chant. And then it said sporadically throughout. At one point, I thought beach balls had come out because I thought that's what they were chanting for. But they were chanting for fix the clock mm. because they wanted the clock to come back up on screen so they could continue their, their counting. Essentially, the crowd were into. I mean, I said this in the review. Based on this crowd reaction, the clock should be the new number one contender for the Universal Championship. Yeah. It was the most probably the most over thing on the show. The crowd, they went crazy. When it hit 10 minutes. Ty Dillinger chants everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it really did take away from them. It really did. And it, it just, it really frustrated me. Because mm. I was, I really wanted to get into this match. And I was trying my best. But the crowd were not doing me any favours. And, and I am the sort of person that, if a, if a crowd isn't into a match, I kind of struggle to get into a match. And then the, the wrestlers do as well. Because they're trying to play off the crowd. And they can't really play off the crowd reactions in that sort of scenario. Well, and, and like I said, I think it really did affect them. Yeah. For that middle part. Because I really like the first 10 minutes. I really like the last five. Uh, but yeah, those 15 minutes in the middle were just... Were hijacked by the crowd. So it eventually becomes 4-4. 27 minutes in. And they're both trying to get get the pin. Seth, Seth gets the curb stomp. But he just can't make the pin in time. Yeah. So like, ah. Oh, okay. Draw. Um, Dolph really isn't that good. <laughs> and then you're like, ah. Oh, so that's that's the main event. No. It can't. That, they're not going to send people home that way. Dolph's walking out. Kurt Angle comes back down. Not in my hometown of Pittsburgh, floppy wrists. We're going to restart the match. Sudden death. Yeah. Next fall wins. I'm like, okay, this is like... Because Seth's matches recently, kind of like a Carter. That last finishing sequence, like three minutes, all so good. Like it, Even like the Elias match, which is probably the weakest of the bunch he's had. The last three minutes were awesome. You've got, somehow he makes you believe in it. He's really good at match structure like that. But then Dolph runs down to, to carry on. Drew's up on the apron. Out of nowhere, Drew comes out. Seth, uh, Seth gets distracted. Ziggler hits the zigzag for the win. So it's like, okay, well, that wasn't a definitive finish either because Drew was sent to the back earlier on and thrown out from ringside. You were just there, Kurt. Come out and restart the match again. Yeah. Which would have been stupid. The real answer is... Don't have Drew do that and have have Rollins win. That's the way you send the crowd home happy and it would have been a nice little cherry on top of what was otherwise a big piece of WWE booking poop.
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash boast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Just if anyone cares, by the way, uh, I gave that three and three quarters because of the bad finish in the crowd. Yeah. So not so much Dolph and Seth. They, you know, that they performed their roles perfectly, as did True. You see, Seth tweeted about it as well. Yeah, just the countdown. Just the counting down, mm. man. Real, I felt really bad for him. So uh, the pre-show kicked off with Andrade Cien Almas versus Sin Cara. Why is this match happening? Well, because it got announced on Friday, and I guess they just they were looking for a way to fill up the the kickoff show and to mess with our predictions. I think they're now doing it on purpose. So it just messes up with us YouTubers doing prediction videos on a Friday. They're like, <laughs> idiots, we've added another match now. I, just more existentially, though, why is this match happening when you've already... So this was a loose end from a feud a few months ago because Sin Cara got injured. And well done, WWE. You tied up that loose end, even though in this particular instance... I think you could have just had Almas go somewhere else. and This didn't need to be tied up. It wasn't like a big, long build. It was one week. So why do it again? You tied, tied a knot around this. But, and it just it further puts Almas at the Sin Cara level, which is nothing. Yeah. Unfortunately, I like Sin Cara. But 
I, I was defending the match on Tuesday because I thought it was a one-and-done thing, and I enjoyed the in-ring action. And here, although the in-ring action was good, there was a really great spot with, uh, like, yeah, the, the double tranquilo... I don't know what I'm talking about now. And oh, the, the, the flip bump, that was it, when Almas was chucked off of the the turnbuckle onto the apron. Yeah, well, actually, and the, the reverse Rana was really nice as well. Yeah, yeah. But so why have this? Uh, yeah. yeah. Almas won, again, really pointless. It, it does nothing for him. It does nothing for Sankara. I was really hoping that Almas was going to show up when after the United States Championship match when a huge WWE star returns. Um I was hoping that Almas would come out there just to, you know, and just set up as a multi-person feud, just to essentially be like, wow, well, I'm done with all this Sin Cara stuff now. Now I'm going into a an upper mid-card position, and I'm just going to slot myself right into here. That'd be perfect for him. And it wasn't even like he won this match clean. <laughs> no. Vega distracted the referee for him, so now... As a as a viewer who's unfamiliar with Almas, I imagine they're thinking, okay, so he faces Sin Cara. He's around like that undercard level. Oh, and he can't even convincingly beat Sin Cara. Yeah. So what the hell? Then we got the Sanity New Day Tables match, which I was really looking forward to. Well, only because it's it's like I was like brilliant because this will be tornado rules. It'll be carnage. We said on the prediction show it has the possibility to be the the New Day USO SummerSlam kickoff show where you kind of steal the whole show really from the kickoff from underneath the the main card's noses. You steal the show, but mm-hmm. uh, but it was fine. Like it was just it wasn't really that chaotic. Um, it was it just sort of happened and then it ended. Yeah, it. It, it felt like they didn't get enough time. They tried yeah. to cram a lot of stuff in, uh, there, and there were some really nice bits. Like, but the crowd don't buy into sanity at the moment. Well, no, um, but why would you? Because mm. they've done nothing but lose ever since coming up to the main roster. So it was like a bit when just the first sort of sanity on top bit. Eric Young does his hands out to the crowd. If they were an overact, like when the Wyatts were when they first came in, and Bray would do that, the crowd would be whipped up into a frenzy. Eric Young does it here. Like, look how awesome we are with that great, crazed expression on his face. Everyone just sits on their hands. Absolutely nothing. Killian Dane, a huge mountain of a man, does a dive through the ropes. No, no one really cared. No one cares. They cared for the New Day, but yeah, it's to me this, like, when we said they really have killed Sanity off, maybe not killed them, but they definitely called them off to to like a level where the crowd don't react. So that's uh, three post-WrestleMania call-ups from NXT on SmackDown, Iconics, Sanity, and Almas that they have like managed to just completely cool off within a matter of months. Yeah. like It really did not take long for them to completely balls this up. Um, there was a double stomp from Kofi. That was really nice. On Young. on Try and picture this. Doomsday position uh, on Young and Wolf, and then Kofi jumps off the top turnbuckle to hit a stomp on either... One of them. Such a cool spot. Really good. Really, really inventive. I loved that. Uh, But then the finish came when Kofi was dangling off the ropes on the apron, hovering over a table outside. Eric Young hits an elbow onto him. And that uh, was it. I would also argue as well that if you are going to do a a tornado tag rule where only one person has to go through a table, try and make it as look as chaotic as possible. Like have multi, you know, have multi tables set up so you could do a a big old table crash rather than just a, a one table bump. Yeah, this was this was pretty inconsequential. It's Sanity's first win on the main roster, is that right? It is, yes. They didn't win anything while I was away. No, they just they, attacked the they new just day. Just attacked the new day, yeah. yeah. So this is um, their first win, but it's probably in front of a less audience than SmackDown gets. But it will probably be in a bigger audience than that watched it on the network. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, well, sticking with the tag team division, 
what has happened to WWE? <laughs> they were like SmackDown and Raw were really good for a, a hot few months though. B team are now the champions. <laughs> uh, we didn't see it coming. Fagador predicted this correctly so when, somehow. When Laurie said, "Is like I'm gonna, I've, I've got B team down to to win the tag match," you and I laughed with like a, I mean that's not happening. Yeah, one hundred percent that can't happen because that's ludicrous. Yeah, but like, like to peel back the curtain, we approached this like a shoot. If Laurie had to win this, and if not, he was going to have to do some horrible predictions, yeah. like forfeit thing, to earn a place on the team. But, but, but we're like do, going through our picks. We're like, okay, we, you know, because we, we want, we kind of wanted him to do the punishment. Yeah. And Laurie's saying it. Yeah, I've got Lashley winning. I've got uh, B team winning. B team winning. We were just like, well. You're an idiot. But <laughs> he beat us hey, by man. two. He is in tune with WWE's booking, dude. He he gets it, man. He's insane. He's an evil genius. <laughs> He's That's an evil why. Genius. Uh, yeah, we uh, assorted, collected, we got seven out of 11, and he got nine out of 11. He got two wrong. That's insane. Absolutely insanity. But anyway, this was a, what, a nothing match. Went four minutes, if that's the most standard raw tag match you could possibly have if this was on raw we'd have gone like that was awful i think it went 10 minutes no it couldn't have gone 10 minutes it felt like it just went like nothing at all like nothing happened in the match nothing at all like nothing happened in the match and then b team won just out of nowhere there's a bit of miscommunication the leaders of worlds what a bunch of chumps like they are the most losingest tag team on the raw roster in quite some time look like just complete buffoons because they've done nothing this has been building since January. Was this December, really? When Woken Matt Hardy first showed up and he was feuded with Bray Wyatt and then they culminated as a team at WrestleMania with him helping him win the Battle Royal and they were going to be this big unstoppable unit and they've here they are losing to a comedy jobber tag team in a matter of minutes in the opening match and now the B team are the tag team champions of the world and it's, it's utterly ludicrous. Yeah. Uh, there were there were multiple things here. It's just like it's depressing that this is where the deleters of welds are because they had so much potential. So we, much. We, this was the thing we were fantasy book forever. The broken Matt Hardy and Wyatt feud culminating in a tag team to take on more evil, uh, but that isn't what's happened. Like nothing remotely close to that level of intrigue. It also means as well. Sorry to cut you off. That deletes, the B team have beaten them in every single match they've had because the whole storyline of this was that deletes, the the B team kept getting these fluke victories over them. So Matt Hardy has lost every match that they've had. Yeah, and and here they are again losing one more time. But the B team, what else I found confusing was the B team are a comedy team, and occasionally they wrestle comedy matches. Here, they were totally serious. And initially, I was like, okay, I kind of like this because it's the pay-per-view match, it's the tag match. Could have been a better told story in that way, but fine, you've gone serious. As soon as they win, they're back to the goofy celebrations again. Charlie Caruso interviews them at the top of the ramp. Yeah, Uh, it was... Well, this did make me laugh because she goes, how do you feel? And he said, how do I feel? How does a rainbow feel? How did Stretch Armstrong feel when he landed on the moon? That did make me laugh. Good line. Uh, line. Well, it's like, you know... The tag, the tag title change was a shock, and I was like, "Oh my god, okay." Yeah. And like, it's sometimes you confuse that with, "Oh, that was good," because you had a reaction, but really, no, that was that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's just like the actual match itself was just like any match on Raw. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much Bray Wyatt's hurting after the car accident, so mm. whatever. Th- then Kurt Angle warned Brock Lesnar 
in a little backstage bit that Brock needs to show up on Raw tomorrow or at least agree to a, a date not on Raw, so I don't think he'll be there. Or he'll be stripped of the Universal title. Yeah, it was really confusing as well because he kept saying like, there's these three options. And I, the second one just made me think, it was like, I mean, he's still going to be on Raw for that though, right? Because it was like, you've got to show up at Raw or agree to a date or you'll be sure of the time. I was like, sorry, the first two are the same yeah, the thing, same right? same thing, right? Well, Paul Heyman, well, I imagine Paul Heyman will turn up well, and I thought, I thought him. it was a flubbed line. And then Michael Cole repeated it and I was like, oh no, that is what he was meant to say. It's just uh, anything that Kurt Angle flubs is immediately continuity. <laughs> like he's, he accidentally books a lot of things. Uh, by the way, uh, my deleter of, of world score was a two and a quarter. That's a lot higher than I would have thought it would be. And Sanity in New Day was two and a half. Yeah, maybe it was a two. I'd have got a little oh. lower than that. I think it's because I was optimistic at the start of the pay-per-view. <laughs> had the whole thing ahead of me. Two and a... Seven stars! <laughs> oh, these are out of a hundred, by oh, the way. <laughs> Finn Balor and Baron Corbin next. Jesus Christ. Baron Corbin just dominates all of this match, about 90%. Mm-hmm. And the commentators are putting over how Balor's got the speed, though. Balor doesn't even hit the coup de grace, and he gets an inside cradle for the shock win instead. So I get that. The idea they were putting over it is that Baron Corbin is tall and a bad wrestler. Finn Balor <laughs> is small, but a good wrestler. And he beat him with a wrestling move, and that's how he won this match. But there's a point when Corey Graves said, uh, you know, Baron Corbin's really tall. This is why you don't have a weight class. Or this is why you have weight classes in sports. And I'm like, you have a weight class system here. So why is, why is, why is Balor in this match when he's in the 205 Live bracket? I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this was, this was a, this would have been a rubbish match on Raw. It really would have been. And it was here. There was no reason. No reason for this match to be on the pay-per-view. And remember, Apart I, from wasn't that long. And I joked last week, I was like, God, this match was so important, it had to be on the main card, whereas Sanity and New Day had to be on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. And, yep, here we are. It was, like again, probably about four or five minutes, and it was just, a, it was nothing. Not even a stipulation. Nope, it was just, it was, Baron's got a snazzy waistcoat. To be fair, though, it is. It was a night, nice, he, he, he did look smart. Uh, one and a half stars, I gave that. Luke might notice that I'm I'm downgrading these as we're going. That was one and three quarters. I don't know what I was thinking. Again, optimistic at one point in time. You had a really good breakfast. Backstage, Daniel Bryan and Kane were shown being taken out by the Bludgeon Brothers. Because WWE actively don't want you to enjoy things. Because they've been building this show around. The poster for this show is Team Hell No on the poster. They've built this show around. It's the reunion of Team Hell No. So we had a show where they didn't reunite. So you know why this is? I did uh, not know. Kane has a legit ankle injury. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, so that's what. So what the Bludgeon Brothers that do? They sense, put then. his put Kane's leg in a door and they ram the door with the hammer, sort of like a much less severe version of Vinnie Jones in Lockstock or yep. Snatch. Yeah. Snatch, isn't it? Uh, but yes, that's that's There's why Lockstock. this happened. You think of the car door thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's Lockstock. Is that Lockstock? Yeah. Oh, I've said that now. Snatch. No, it is because it's his, um, it's when his kids involved. It's, it's muted, isn't it? He's just screaming. Yeah, he's just screaming the camera. I'm, I'm. What does Vinnie Jones do in Snatch? In Snatch, doesn't he play like a Russian? No. Or have I made that up as well? Doesn't he play Charles Xavier's brother? <laughs> uh, okay, it was Lockstock. Uh, yeah, I'll go with you on that one. Thanks, man. Uh, so Paige runs over to check on them. Oh no, what's going to happen later on? 
Carmella versus Asuka next. <laughs> Deary me. At this point, I just want to point out, after this match, I was uh, one in four in my predictions, which yeah. is uh, is not a good number. That was like, it's, I was thinking to myself, like, I'm on for another Money in the Bank run here, where mm. like a far cry from when I got a clean sweep at Royal Rumble and Extreme and um, Elimination Chamber. Here I am, barely being able to get out the first few matches, getting them right. But anyway, because I thought Baller was, uh, I thought Baron Corbin was bound to win that other match. This was yet another match where Asuka looked like a complete doofus. Talk about taking someone with legitimate, credible heat of people being like, "God, she's cool. God, she's awesome," and have just like cooled her off. She's nothing now. She's got. She is over three in championship matches. She has been beaten up by Carmella week in and week out on SmackDown, and she's lost to her twice in two straight pay per views. And at the end, she puts Ellsworth in the Escalog, and no one reacts. And you're like, God, I wonder why? Because she's a, a complete chump. This was the worst match on the show. This was awful uh, by quite some way. Worst match, worst booking, worst performances. And most damaging booking overall. Absolutely. To this, the characters. This was, this was bad. Uh, so, just as a recap, it was a shark cage match. Asuka versus Carmella. Ellsworth is suspended above, of course. But, like, there's no waiting around here. He's immediately dropping stuff. So he drops a chain. Then he drops hairspray. Neither of those are used. Carmella and Asuka brawl to the outside. That's when Ellsworth suddenly has a key and it's like no i think he has a lock pick a lock pick or whatever and it's like you've only been in there three minutes <laughs> yeah. like, i don't really care if you're getting out already so he opens the cage door but oh what a klutz he's something on his foot his short trousered leg is caught on something so he's dangling now he's fallen out and he's dangling by his leg from the shark cage asuka comes in hey what a ripe opportunity. Kicks him like a piñata. Loads of crew run down. Take Ellsworth down. Asuka gets pushed by Carmella into the shark cage. And that's it. Lame. Awful. This was very, very bad. I I, uh, I, like, I didn't even enjoy Ellsworth. I thought Ellsworth was over the top. It was go-away heat. And I've been a really big fan of his. Uh, I thought Carmella is just nothing now I, I really dislike her being champion i don't think she she warrants it and asuka like you said she's not just the best women's wrestler they have she's one of the best wrestlers they have like she's in the top five performers in the company and they like you said they've completely called her off she looks like a chump it's awful yeah i mean where do you go with asuka from here like there's almost no way you can go for her now I gave this zero stars. A dud rating from Ollie Davis. A rare dud rating as well, because usually you are quite giving with some of the stars. Well, ratings. it's just this actively harms everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was, like, this was like the lowest point. If WWE managed to go lower with this, congratulations. <laughs> I didn't think it was possible. I thought Ellsworth hanging upside down was a funny visual, but... Because it led to Asuka looking like an idiot and then and therefore losing like a complete idiot, it made me dislike it. Mm. Also, when he falls down, you can see that he's wearing a flak jacket. Do, do, do you know what's, uh, what really sent this home for me? So my lady partner does not watch wrestling. She just kind of knows about it through osmosis, through me gapping on about it forever. And she just she likes Carmella because she likes the entrance music. And she's kind, she kind of actually likes Asuka. Mm. Just because she's she's credible, and I imagine as uh, a lady person who 
that there's this WWE thing, and normally you're just your gender is treated like absolute garbage. And she said, but I thought they were trying to do a positive women's thing. And I said, <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, they're trying. And then she said, but isn't Asuka like she's she's the only like from what I've seen? Correct me if I'm wrong. She's the only one who's good. <laughs> and yeah. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And oh, what? So what? Why did Carmella win? Because she's pretty. And I went maybe there's more to it than that maybe she's seeing someone up high but i yeah it seems that way as well yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and she went yeah that's not that's not like good from a women's like no equality thing i'm i'm all for undeserving champions but there's it, like carmela is the gender of 2018 where you are an undeserving champion but you seem to win in credible ways, hmm. and it's just it's not working at all. Yeah, so this it's is not uh, working. So at this point in the pay per view, I was uh, short, insignificant matches that had bad booking, especially after the last one, one of the worst matches overall I've ever seen. And then Shinsuke Nakamura and Jeff Hardy happens, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm excited for these two guys. I really like Nakamura. He had a really funny interview on the pre-show, actually, where he just pretended not to understand anyone uh, and or like there was audio issues and he was just <laughs> grinning it was really good i love this this was great I, I mean i've seen a lot of people complain and in fact actually i've seen this as one of the reasons why the crowd shut off in the main events because hmm. you've been given bad booking didn't even get shinsuke nakamura match at x y and z but i thought this was terrific because bef- at the referee goes to ring the bell low blow straight away and then he's like the ref says do you want to call off the match jeff's like no no i'm gonna fight boom kinshasa nakamura wins and i was like that's great because it was it was a really shocking like it took, took me by surprise i thought it was wonderful really i really liked it and even though it was five seconds of a match three and a half stars for me. <laughs> i just thought overall and then you got like so afterwards, Nakamura's celebrating, and that's when Randy Orton makes his return. He comes down, and I, I was like, oh, wow, like it's newsworthy as well. This is a, suddenly SmackDown's mid-card. That is really intriguing. But then I thought afterwards when I was driving into the studio, huh, I kind of forgot Nakamura won the title. I was thinking more about Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. So, like, couldn't you just have Randy Orton come back on SmackDown? Yeah. Uh, I, I would I would have given Nakamura more of the spotlight here, yeah. but I, I still really enjoyed this. Uh, and Nakamura's just gurning, heelish face. He is. I'm so happy he's finally won. God, a year and a year and a bit in, and finally Nakamura has a belt. Well, it's finally Nakamura has a win aside from the Royal Rumble, but then I like, didn't do anything following on from the Royal Rumble. So Asuka won the Royal Rumble. She did indeed, didn't she? Uh, and look where we are now. But um. The Randy Orton thing was really odd as well because Nakamura, like, so Orton comes down and he's staring a hole in Nakamura. Nakamura's outside and he's standing on the announcer's table. And then Randy Orton turns around and looks at Jeff Hardy. And the crowd are chanting, RKO, RKO. And Randy doesn't give them an RKO. He double legs uh, Hardy and then, like, stomps him in the nuts. And I was it tra- was in the nuts. It wasn't in the midsection. midsection. It was in the nuts. He gave him a low blow. Okay. So I was like, okay, cool. Is it mind games? Is it Randy Orton saying like, hey man, I can do a low blow too? Or is it Randy, Randy Orton saying like, I, I don't really have friends around here. Was it a heel turn? No, in this company it wasn't. But I just I was left really confused by the whole thing. Because Randy Orton also then didn't give the crowds what they wanted, which is what a babyface would have done. If he'd given them an RKO, the crowd would have popped because they saw the RKO and treated him like a babyface. This felt like a heel turn. 
Yeah, so the argument is, whenever Randy Orton does something like this for like the last four years, oh, was was that a heel turn? <laughs> or was that just Randy Orton being Randy Orton? Yeah. Because he just is a dick sometimes. Why do people cheer for him? Because he's, he's an absolute dick. He's great. I like Randy Orton. <laughs> I he, do not. he doesn't like me. Uh, <laughs> I, the, I forgot you blocked you on Twitter. Yeah. I don't. Don't even, I don't even use Twitter. Any found must have found me and blocked me. Uh, but the, I I really hope it's an Orton heel turn. I've it's been long overdue. Yeah, he's, he much, he's really, much better as a heel. He really wants to play a heel as well. He just says it in every interview for years now. He has a lot more fun. He one of the main things uh, in the the last interview I read about him talking about it was that he as a babyface has to be in a certain kind of shape mm. and he loves cake <laughs> and he said he just because he was envious of Kevin Owens because you can have uh, a rubbish body and get over as a heel because you've got that dimension to it uh so yeah I, I'm all happy I, I hope he gets as much cake as he wants well this is I'm pretty sure Randy Orton's staying as a babyface because Nakamura's the heel so yeah that's that you, was the the you know, wrong thing so you there, can't yeah. do heel versus heel yeah, well, we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens. It certainly made me excited for SmackDown. Yeah, because they're doing the rematch on SmackDown of Nakamura versus Hardy for the United States Championship. I thought the reason they did the quick match was because of the reports Jeff Hardy is working injured at the moment. He might be because they might not do a match on SmackDown either. Yeah, I guess. But so. they've got to get out of the automatic rematch nonsense. Well, they they pick and choose when that's the thing. Yep. Next up, uh, I really enjoyed the next match too. Kevin Owens versus Braun Strowman in a steel cage. Based around initially, Owens trying to escape the cage. And Braun's like, fight me, Kevin Owens. So Owens goes for him and actually gets a fair go at him. And I was yeah. like, ah, oh, wish Owens was booked as an actual credible threat here. You know, great bullfrog splash. Uh, but then he, he gets a handcuff out of nowhere and puts handcuffs Braun, goes to the other side of the ring, does a great DX suck it well, to Braun. Before that, he tries to attack him. Like he, so he handcuffs Braun, then starts to beat him up, and then Braun chokeslams him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he gets up and he's like, well, actually, I'm going I'm to leave now. Fair enough. And so Braun, the man Because who, Braun's in front of the door. Yeah, and Braun, the man who can flip ambulances um, with, you know, with some ease, um, was really struggling to break these handcuffs. But eventually, yeah, he gives them the crotch job. He also did the Stone Cold Stunner uh, in the match as yeah. well. So he was really, like, bringing the Attitude Era back because we are at the, the 20th year of... Uh, 20 years since the infamous Hell in a Cell match between the Mankind and the Undertaker, which they then emulated at this point here. So Braun breaks out of the handcuffs. He chases Kevin Owens up to the cage, and they both stand up... You are underselling that chase. Owens is already up on the top. Yeah. Braun... Turnbuckle top. Yeah, <laughs> he, he just he leapt up there. He's a big guy, yeah. very impressive. But they're standing up on top of this cage, and then Braun. Like I, I felt like they Owens chicken out the first time they were going to do it, and he needed to like regain his composure. God, it must be scary. It must be there. so scary. And then he just he threw him off, and Owens took this big old dive through the announcers' table. And it was it was a really spectacular visual. I know a lot of people kind of like, oh, you can see the crash mat, but I thought it was a, at least it was safe. You know, yeah. At least he's all right. That, I'm much happier with that, although he's hit his head hard on the table because he just whipped back. Mm. Um, so I, I thought this was a spectacular visual. But then Braun just got down and just started laughing at him being put on a stretcher. I'm like, what a heel. It's, it's Kevin Owens. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> he walked <laughs> off. <laughs> I was like, such a heel thing to do. Uh, yeah, I thought this was great. I, I love the throat shove. The, the choke shove. Yeah. The ch like, uh, not as bad as the Rikishi one from, from Armageddon. Armageddon 2000. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. you forced push him off. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, of course, Kevin Owens has a victory here. And it does it does make that, that point, like, 
why even bother making him win if he's going to lose so visually? Yeah, like and he's he's definitely lost this match. And Braun didn't care. Yeah, Braun didn't care about winning this match. He just wanted to hurt Kevin Owens. And I'm like, but you've done that for the last four or five weeks. Mm. Like you've done that, been doing that since Money in the Bank. So like, what do you gain from hurting him one more time? Hopefully they recalibrate both Strowman and Owens away from each other and make them better versions of what they can be. Or, but yeah, I, or as a tag team. I, <laughs> I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this a lot. I gave it three and three quarters. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the rest and Observer were very... Didn't like it because no? of the danger. Oh, really? Oh, because it was a big old dangerous stunt and to it do. Was a dangerous and it was stunt. a dangerous stunt. Like and falling backwards as well. Yeah. But there was a crash mat there. Yeah. But I still d- dangerous. I do feel sometimes, though, that they can have a, some double standards on things like that because New Japan can do some really, really dangerous stuff and they go like, that was really cool. Mm. Next up, we got the payoff to that beatdown angle earlier. It was the Bludgeon Brothers beat, uh, but taking on Hell No, gave away the result there. <clears throat> and it was just Brian against both brothers because Kane was being seen to backstage. And it was okay. It was yeah, okay it, stuff. It, it, it was okay stuff. They obviously had to work around the fact that it was a two-on-one handicap match. But actually, I was quite enjoying it for, for the most part. And then um, Kane hobbles down to the ring. And Brian got the, the hot tag. Or he got the hot tag to, to Kane. He got in, did some choke slams on one leg. Tried to do a tombstone, but couldn't do it because his leg was hurting. And then Brian tagged back in, did some yes kicks. And then he got pins. Mm. And I was like, well, you had the out with Kane being, you know, hurt. So why did Brian take the pin? But if yeah. he is like legitimately hurt, then you can't be taking bumps, I suppose. It's uh, yeah, it was it was a flat ending, such a flat definitely ending. a flat ending. But I, and before that, it was just really a SmackDown match. There are better ways. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I didn't hate this, but it was like if you look at it in a larger context of things and you zoom out, this is Daniel Bryan. Four months after his return from retirement, after two years, we never thought he would wrestle again. And he's doing this. This is his. This is his fourth pay per view match since coming back. And like big cast, big cast, and oh, a tag match at WrestleMania, impressive. which was which was ludicrously bad. And then this. It's a real shame. Real shame. It's like WWE are determined not to have top stars. <laughs> well, I mean, there are, again, maybe I'm just I can pull a Pritchard here. You know, they don't need to. They don't care. They just signed a big money deal with Fox that guarantees them making money and turning over a profit for the next, like, five years. Yeah. So you don't need to make top stars. Take a sabbatical writer's team. That's absolutely. Yeah. Like, you, you've already made your money, and people are still turning up for the show. So you, WWE are doing these bad shows now for years on end, and people still show up for them. People They still basically sell out arenas. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, what, they don't need to change what they're doing, I guess. Speaking of changing what they're doing, they actually did a bit here because Roman Reigns lost a match. Well, yeah, I was going to say... Well, Roman... that's actually... He has lost a lot of matches recently. Well, I've been hearing a lot of people say that, but he's he what, he beat Samojo and he beat Jinder. It's like, so he hasn't been losing all of his matches. I feel like... It's because they've said it so much on commentary. Yeah. He, he lost both Brock matches. He lost, he lost both Brock matches. He beat the Revival twice in one night via DQ admittedly but he still beat them twice one night and he beat them a couple of weeks previous to that like he's he's lost one match on TV and then this match mm. so he's not on this losing streak at all it's a fair point uh, and he's walking backstage and the B team is celebrating and they're like hey man if you could just be like us you could also be a winner too and Roman sort of is like huh, what jokes I'm like mate A they're the tag team champions B then you lost well I so I didn't mind that skit 
uh, I just wish Roman would have then beat them up. Well, like, yeah. just book it as a badass. Like I was going to say, because Roman looks at them and he's just like, oh, what a bunch of chumps. And he walks off and the crowd booed him. Yeah, because, well, he, he smiles and he shakes his head, which is such a, huh, we're all friends here backstage, kind of, huh, those guys. And I don't want that. I want Stone Cold Steve Austin stunnering someone, even if they look at you the wrong way. I didn't take it as a cross of like a, we're all chums backstage. I took it more of just like a, what a bunch of jokes. That as well. Uh, so Rusev Day chance, but... They had a pretty good match. I, I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, I mean, they tried really, really hard. The crowd weren't giving them time of day. They were chanting for everything. I think they got into it at the end. By the, by the end, they got, like, you know, like a lot of Roman matches, I think. Mm. Um, it is, as we were saying, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like osmosis, really, that you just have to just boo Roman matches because that's what you've kind of been conditioned to do. Um, it's John Cena effect. Uh, but this was actually pretty good. Um, and they did some really good spots. It got to... Got, big wild brawl by the end of it i didn't like them like fighting over the stairs that was a bit goofy but um but it was a good stairs but though when lashley was whipped into it and he just did this effortless jump and he's like now i'm on the top i remember he's like shut up <laughs> and he pushed him <laughs> off i like that yeah. there was a really big flip bump that lashley landed horribly oh didn't he on. just so just from the over the top rope landed right on the outside yeah so yeah bobby really really went for it here and you could tell by the small ocean, he was dripping in sweat. Oh, God, he was. When he got up to that top rope, it yeah, was yeah, yeah, that's, pouring off of him. And like you normally think of, like, yeah, that was the bit I saw it at. So he's on the top rope, and you think of sweat dripping, drip, drip. That was, it wasn't, it was, it was, shh. <laughs> like, like, like someone left the tap on. It's like it sprung a leak. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going all over. Is he okay? This is why he wears a sweatband. That he of needs course. It. Yeah, why he needs it. Ah. Uh, so, but I thought Bobby Lashley was. I was really impressed with him in this. Uh, unfortunately, the crowd just, you know, it's been called off. It's like the Asker thing. He'd do the big delayed suplex, which I still find impressive. To a but, guy of that size as well. Yeah. But, like, the crowd, just no reaction to yeah. it whatsoever. Like, that was, like, pin drop. No one was reacting to, mm. the, to the suplex. But the, the there was, like, the Lashley spear into a Superman punch. Bobby hit a really nice belly-to-belly on the announcer's table. Yeah, great stuff. That was cool. Uh, and then Roman goes for a spear, but Lashley hits one of his own for the win. Yeah, I so really enjoyed it. Three Lash- and three quarters for me. So maybe we are going into that Lashley-Brock match at SummerSlam. Yeah, that certainly seems to be be uh, the direction. And that's again, that's what we were talking about in our prediction show. That's what Lashley was telling people he was promised back in January if he was going to rejoin WWE. Yeah. I get Lesnar at SummerSlam. Was that Dave Meltzer report? Yeah. Wow. So we'll find out. Um, next up, we had Alexa Bliss taking on Nia Jax. Ronda Rousey, only here for this match. No, she wasn't. She was there for the whole show. Was she? She wasn't shown on camera, but when I was going through all the WWE.com photos, they always had a photo of her at ringside in all the photos. No. Matches. So Why I, didn't they make a deal of that? I don't know. Because I, I, they showed her at the start of the show, they showed her in the crowd during the Deleter of Worlds matches. And I'm like, oh, cool. She is going to be there for the whole show then. And then they didn't show her. And I was like... Oh yeah, so she then just like made a beeline, went to the back, and then she just came out for this match. And then I was going through all the WWE.com photos. She's there at every match, just like t- booing Baron Corbin, like being a big old fan, going like boo. It was like it's quite cute to see, but WWE just opted not to show that. I guess. I don't. I, I can't even. I just don't understand. But anyway, Ronda was the most over thing in this match, and she was easily the best part of it as well. Yeah, almost as over as the timer in the main event. <laughs> well, I was going to say, the three loudest pops for this show were the timer, the clock, Ronda being Ronda, and Brock Lesnar not being there. 
Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Possibly being stripped of the title. <laughs> Brock possibly being stripped of the title got the loudest reaction of the night. Well and done, WWE. WWE have actually managed to make Brock, Brock Lesnar. He gets a reaction. They mm. they have booked Brock Lesnar to get a reaction from the crowd. Like that is the success, the one successful thing they have done. Well, it's go away reaction. But it, but it's the heat they want though. They mm. want the crowd to hate him so they can see him get lose the title. Sure. So it's worked, really. I guess so. I guess Just so. Just at the expense of making more money. <laughs> well, and, yep, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax. This is a Extreme Rules match. Nia comes out with Natalia. I'm not entirely sure why, beyond just like a little. I guess you, you know, She's Alexa's going to have James. She's her best friend oh, in the whole yeah. wide world. Uh, I'm just just as good of friends with <laughs> Natalia, actually, Naya. Do you not remember that like amazing backstage segment? So when they all came out, Naya with uh, Natalia, Alexa with James, I was like, this is already smoke and mirrors everywhere. <laughs> you got Ronda at ringside, and then the, the match starts with what I thought was a nice bit of comedy. So Alexa's outside and Nia comes outside as well. Mickey James under the ring, just feeding Alexa all these weapons. Kendo stick, trash can, trash can lid, another trash can, generation game, fluffy toy. <laughs> and uh, Nia is just like taking each one off of Alexa and throwing it in the ring. And this was funny until I, it went on a bit too long because it made me think, why doesn't Nia just hit her with one of these weapons? <laughs> yeah. What's she waiting for here? The title's on the line. Exactly, yeah. So it was a good comedy spot, but it's just... Alexa's running away shtick gets old real fast now. Mm. Well, is... And this is a question for you. Is Alexa all supposed to be an undeserving champion? Yeah. Or is she meant to be a credible champion, but Nia's a really big threat? Because I'm unsure with Alexa Bliss. I'm not sure whether we're meant to think she's meant to be a... Like, she's the champion. You're like, oh, she's the champion because she's the best on the brand. Or are we meant to think like, God, can't wait to see someone take that title off her because she doesn't deserve to be the champ. I think the... I've always seen Alexa as not an undeserving champ, but she's like the cerebral assassin. She's really good at strategy. She's really good at like taking people into the traps. And when she's on top, she can be quite vicious. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's old now. I don't really buy into it, and I'm kind of past it. Well, this is why I said I was really dis- uh, really disappointed that A, she won the money in the bank, and B, then won the title on the same night, because mm. I think we could really could have done with Alexa being away from the title for a little bit and build her back up to winning the title again. Yeah, because it didn't have to be Alexa taking the t- Because the the way the Nia and Ronda match went was perfect, but it didn't have to be Alexa being the one running it. Yeah. So uh, eventually... Bliss and Mickey James start beating up Natalia. Who's more Ronda's friend than Nia's? So Ronda gets in. I just felt like it was a bit unprovoked. I could have done with well, a bit more so, of a beatdown. Yeah, so essentially, was, uh, James was getting involved. So Natalia runs around and is like, not on my watch. And she starts being down. And then they double team her. And that's when Ronda was like, and she literally goes like, enough of this mm. and she jumps over oh, the garbell. Oh, you done effed up, boy. <laughs> you done effed up, boy. And she jumps over the garbell. And she... This felt so like chaotic and out of control because, like, I'm pretty sure she grabbed her. Mickey was expecting her to throw her one way, and she was like, "Nope, you're going this way." And she was just in control of this poor, poor woman, just throwing her hither and yonder, took her in the ring, hit this amazing like judo spinning slam thing, and it just looked it looked brutal. Yeah, and she was just throwing people over here, throwing people over there, and the, and the crowd are going, "Let's go, Ronda, Ronda Rousey." Crowd are so into her. And then, but she wasn't enough, unfortunately, for for Nia to capitalise because she got hit with a kendo stick, and then Nia 
got uh, Alexa Bliss up. James hit her with the weakest chair shots um, possible. It was like a Lance Storm chair shots. And uh, yeah, and then Alexa Bliss DDTs her on the chair for a win. Yeah. 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 So uh, I, it's it's nice to see Ronda is still so over. I mean, it's it's remarkable how well they booked her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the re- everything around it was was pretty rubbish. I thought. This is the, I was going to say there is that you said that it's amazing how well they've booked her. When they want to make a star, they will go out of their way to make someone a star. They know how to do it. They just choose not to. Yeah. Uh, and we've already talked about the main event. So this is uh, this portion of the show's main event. AJ Styles taking on Rusev for uh, the WWE Championship. In you know what? This is my favorite match of the night. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, I really liked I it. I thought that these two could put on a better match. Well, that's what I like, and AJ's really good at it. In that, he'll have a match with someone where, at the end of it, you're like, "I want to see it again." Well, maybe not with Nakamura, <laughs> uh, but usually, like with Brock Lesnar, with Finn Balor last year, you're like, "You're like, you've let." I know that's not the best match you can have, and you've left enough things in the tank and set up enough little bits mm. where the next instalment would be really interesting to see yeah I suppose that's actually true I mean that's what I, that's what we said at Wrestlemania as well mm. so actually yeah that's a really good point and I didn't think because for me I thought this was always going to be a one and done but you know, but then you made <coughs> an excellent point there with the Finn Balor and Brock Lesnar thing as well I was like oh yeah because they still could do a Finn Balor AJ Styles 2 down the line we don't have to do Rusev at SummerSlam mm. again which is you know WWE mentality is to yeah, I hope they don't. book the same match three, three pay-per-views in a row and I hope they don't either because I, I think they're going to go Joe at SummerSlam do AJ Joe there so this match and the reason I liked it so much was because it was so simple yeah. it was two guys trying to get their submissions locked in and setting up those so- submissions so AJ Styles wants the calf crusher Rusev wants the accolade. AJ's mentality is, I'm going to take out your leg, because not the left leg. Not only will that help me in the calf crusher, but it means you can't effectively lock in the accolade. And, like, you give Rusev almost a little bit of an out for when he loses, because no one ever thought he was winning. I never, like, bought into any of the near falls. Mm. I guess that was my main criticism of the match. But Rusev is such a good seller. AJ Styles is kicking away at his left leg at the start, and then... Like, Rusev will just slap him down because size. And then Rusev just gingerly walks around a bit mm-hmm. and sh- shakes his leg a bit. And occasionally he'll be patting his leg like, come on, let's do yeah. this. Really liked it. He had a great firing up moment later on because he couldn't... He was trying to lock in the accolade, but he couldn't. Ah. Because of the, the leg injury, he could only lock in like a half accolade. He was like, I'm still going to do this. And that's how AJ was able to get to the ropes easier. And then Rusev stood up and he was like, I've got to... He just started firing up. He was slapping the leg and he was trying to get all he could back into his leg to fire I really enjoyed Rusev in this match I mm. thought it was it was really really great um, but yeah and th- this is his first ever singles match I've, there was actually a point I forgot to mention during the Dolph Ziggler match uh, that was pointed out on commentary that was Dolph Ziggler's longest match in WWE history like he's been in this company now for like 14 years that is the longest match he has like longest singles match he's ever had I'd say but that's like 30 minutes is but he's, he's quite been, long. He's been a two-time world champion. Yeah, but you can have, like... That, that wasn't the... It's only really in the last couple of years that the New Japan 40 minutes at least is a thing. Mm, I, I, I didn't find that as shocking. I found, like, you know, I, 20, 20 minutes used to be a long match in WWE. I found that to be an absolutely stunning revelation. Oh, okay. uh, so the... But Rusev starts to get really over. This is a really nicely paced match. It was just, like, really measured. Kind of like... The, the Western 
of of WWE matches, whereas yeah. the others were kind of like the uh, Michael Bay action movie that don't make much sense. And the great uh, match could kick for a near fall from Rusev. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Aiden takes off, Aiden English takes off the top turnbuckle behind Rusev's back to kind of help him out. And Rusev runs into it and like, oh, you're like, oh no, is this going to sow the seeds for a breakup down the line? Rusev falls down, AJ 450 splash, kick out. Great near fall. Wicked. And Rusev looked really good. And this is one of the best things about this match is Rusev looks good in defeat. Yeah. And this is this has really helped put him up to that main event level. I really, really hope so. And uh, then AJ takes out Aiden, and then he goes for the phenomenal forearm, wins the match. In in the perfect world, I would have loved to have seen them go two minutes longer. Like, off that phenomenal forearm, Rusev counters with a matchka kick, and then, like, double down, crowd go crazy, and you have two minutes of near falls and really great finishes, and then AJ wins. But I understand if you want to keep that uh, held off down the line. But that version of the match could have easily main evented the pay-per-view and I don't think it would have left such a bad taste in people's mouths. I agree. I, I mean, I think this should have been the main event. Not only because AJ was winning, you send the crowd home happy because you got the, the F finish in the Dolph match. But I wonder, even with that, because the crowd still would have been doing the counting shtick, whether that would have just like tied them out by the time the main event came around and then it would have just been zero reaction to that and then they would have had to work doubly hard I suppose to get the crowd back into it it could have gone either way could have gone either way I, I, yeah I really liked that I, I gave it I four liked, stars yeah I really enjoyed this match I mm. thought it was really really great stuff well overall you gave it two out of five two out of five yeah it was like coming out of the show I was like I was going to give it thumbs in the middle but um, but the more I thought about it, and as I was writing up my notes, I was like, no, this was a pretty... It's, it's hilarious. By the end of the show, I'd forgotten half of the matches that happened. Like, I'd forgotten the B-team win. I'd forgotten about Balor Corbin. There was just so much stuff on the show I'd actually forgotten about. And as soon as I was going back through my notes, I was like, oh, God, yeah, a lot of this was very bad. Yeah, uh, even, like, the good match... Um, so AJ Styles and Rusev was the only really, like, good match. But... That to me should be like the the average level of matches, and yeah, like it's it's yeah, there was nothing on the show that made it feel like a pay per view. Yeah, yeah, that's a but good it, point. it was you know it was a filler show before SummerSlam. You know, it's a stopgap, and it's it's the it's the the crutch the WWE often book themselves into is like well we've got to do a pay per view every month, mm. and then they're not really bothered. It used to be two. Yeah, I know. Do you remember those days? But then, so they're not really that bothered. So they're just sort of like doing this until we can get to SummerSlam. And I thought the, the Asuka thing was an absolute abomination. It was really bad. So mine's a very, very low two. A very, very low two out of five. A one and a half star pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, so bad stuff. Um, not as bad as Backlash. No, Well, that's it. I, that's the other side of it. It was not as bad as Backlash. There's always that. There's always that. So there you go. Two out of five. Not as bad as Backlash. Well done, WWE. Would you like some correspondence? Yeah, I must apologise for my random uh, intro to the show. It was abrupt. At, at an hour ago. I was meant to say, I'm Ollie Davis, I'm joined by Luke Owen. But without further ado, let's go straight to an Extreme Rules. But I didn't. I forgot what I was doing and just went into autopilot, introduced you. You asked me how I was doing. I said, Extreme Rules. <laughs> and um, Yeah, I mean, it was. I think it was okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure we can mostly get away with it. I think people expect that sort of thing when it's a bonus podcast. This, yeah, you you should be lucky you're getting anything extra 
in audio form only. Right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And like, that would have taken us forever to re-record. Well, that was what I was going to say. Oh. We, I mean, we could have done, just sat down and be like, oh, let's, do, let's do another take. But we decided, let's just keep it in. Ruins the flow. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, would you like some correspondence? Go on then. So I've got a couple of Rusev Hayes uh, to Rusev kick Hayes. things off. Uh, this one is from Matt Oakley. Hi, Luke and Ollie. Firstly, I love the podcast and would love to join the SWAF Nation. You already are if you listen to the podcast, mate. Uh, but he'd also like to become a pledge hammer. But I need to know if Patreon is uh, site content is screen reader accessible as I am blind. And obviously, I'm no longer able to watch wrestling. Hence why I enjoy your comprehensive and consistent coverage oh, yeah. of WWE. Listening to the latest podcast and hearing the SWAF Nation's accounts of meeting wrestlers, I thought I would share my own story. As the subject says, because his, his subject line was, not quite a wrestler meeting. Hmm. Okay. As the subject says... This might be the squalified, I'm afraid. It's not quite meeting a wrestler, but it was a memorable encounter. It was 11 years ago, and the WWE were touring the UK on their WrestleMania Revenge Tour. It was after The Undertaker won the World Heavyweight Championship from Batista. They were in the NEC in Birmingham, and the main event was a six-man tag with Taker, Kane and Batista versus Mark Henry, Mr. Kennedy, and The Big Show. Um, the... <clears throat> The night was particularly entertaining as Mr. Kennedy got on the house mic and started taking the mickey out of the Birmingham accent. As I said, I am blind and I went with a friend who also loves wrestling as much as myself and we were leaving the arena and my friend was helping me get across the road leading out of the NEC when he suddenly started to panic and rushed me to the other side. I asked him what was going on as I was confused at the sudden rush and he explained that a white limousine was approaching and was close to hitting us. The limousine then pulled up a few feet in front of us and the back window rolled down and we immediately thought... Uh oh. And it was real to be none other than SmackDown General Manager Teddy Long. In a white limousine holla, in ho- the UK. Holla holla player. He asked if we were okay, and my friend explained to him that I am blind and he was helping me across the road, and we're really sorry. To both our surprise, he actually apologised, even though we were in the wrong, and asked if I was okay and sorry that his driver scared us. And he hoped that we were enjoying the show tonight, gave us a wave, and then the limousine proceeded to pull away and carry on with its destination. Now, his friend might have said it was a limousine, obviously. Uh, our friend here, Matt, isn't going to be 100% sure if it's a limo. Yeah, yeah, you can't take uh, these things for granted. A white limousine, sure. Maybe <laughs> it was a bright pink one. Could have been. Could have uh, been a Cadillac. Did, I, I, and Teddy Long didn't book any tag matches after that happened. <laughs> I, I imagine the, the emailer in here then went one-on-one with The Undertaker. Well, I mean, The Undertaker had already wrestled, though, and The Hell's Gate was barred. Oh, <laughs> was it this time? Yeah, The Hell's Gate was banned. Um, my friend simply turned to me and said, Teddy Long nearly ran us over. Uh, so thank you very much, Matt Oakley, for that email. I hope that if the limo driver was to honk the horn, it would say in Teddy Long's voice, holla, holla, <laughs> get out the way. Uh, Michael Vandelkolk has got in touch Say greetings Luke Not Ollie I have a brother Who is an up and coming Independent wrestler Called Mark Vandy And I have met Dozens of pro wrestlers Over the years Brag Thanks to his <laughs> shows However an instance That didn't directly Involve him Sticks out to me the most As it was with a man Who he most wanted To wrestle when he started El Generico However El Generico Went back to 
the orphanage shortly after mm. Mark made his debut, which was a big disappointment to him. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I mean, yeah, very rarely heard of. Yeah, from... he he cropped up a, like a couple of months ago though, didn't on he? Twitter, on yeah, Twitter, after yeah, after WrestleMania. That's right. Yeah. A few years later, I moved to Florida and attended NXT Takeover. The end. After the show, I spotted Neville in the parking lot as I was walking to my car. I approached him with the intent of simply saying thank you and shaking his hand to not be a big burden. Just as I got his attention, his friends turned around and it happened to be none other than Sami Zayn. The next best, best thing to El Generico, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. 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 Despite me being surprised and wanting to take a picture, I stuck to my plan of thanking both for their work and going on my merry way. When I got to my car, I called Mark to boast a little bit. His immediate response was, picks or it didn't happen. And he sticks to that argument to this day. It bothers me slightly that he's so adamant about it, but deep down, I know he's just envious and even wouldn't have believed me if it was just Neville. Take care, Michael van der Kolk. That kind of ties in with the first email. Sure, it, was, it wasn't it was a limo that Teddy Long was in, but he trusted him. Yes. But the problem was, your brother doesn't trust... Mark Vandy. Yes, Mark that's Vandy. The, yeah, that's the, that's the indie wrestler name. The wrestler in... Uh, yeah, if you're ever out in Fl- Florida, I guess you might be. Or he might not be in Florida, I don't know. But if you're on the wrestling circuit, keep an eye out for Mark Vandy. His brother is, uh, is one of the SWAF Nation. Is that any kind of... Oh, no, so Mark Vandy isn't the name of the wrestler. Mark Vandy is the name of the wrestler, but this guy's name was Michael. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... I thought there might be a pun in there. Vandy sounds like a fun kind of name. Oh, you're such a Vandy, you are. M. Vandy. Yeah. Vandy, Vandy Man Savage. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Yep. Vandy Van- Savage. Yep. Oh. Vandy Orton. Yeah, Vandy Orton. And then you could, like, because you've taken out the V, you could put the R in, you could be the Riper, Vandy yep. Orton. Vander Rousey. Yep, that's another one. Van. Vandy Roddy Piper. That doesn't quite work. Mm. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> the Vandiest. The Vandiest fan. I've got two more uh, Rusev Hayes to get through here. Uh, hi, Luke, Ollie, and the Swaft Nation. How the flip are you? Would you like to answer? Okay. You're okay? Okay. Uh, Matt, he's written here, I think he's meant to say massive fan from just across the water in Ireland. However, he's written massive man from just across the water hey, in Ireland. He could be. But he could be, I don't know. The massive the massive man, Michael Vandy. <laughs> it's Mark Vandy. Um, he's also a $10 pledge hammer. Loving this segment nice. about people meeting wrestlers, and I thought I'd share some of my experiences. Well, before we do, should we just do some Irish accents just to, I mean, just to thank him? You're very good at these. Perisher. <laughs> Weirdabix. No, well, I was gonna say that was better. Weirdabix. Because it's it's Parshar. Parshar to do if you want to do the northern Weirdabix. But we don't he's in Ireland, so he's not in North, he's he's not even part of the uh, the British Commonwealth. For now. He's well well could be, who knows. Actually no, I'm pretty sure they're quite content with not being part of the UK. They had a quite a big deal about not being part of it really. Ah, it's just a misunderstanding. <laughs> uh, I uh, if I, if it's going the way that most things are at the moment, we're just gonna not be friends with anyone. We're just gonna it's gonna be London. Uh, well, we're gonna be from London, not from England. It's like escape from New York. Yeah. It just yeah. gets all cordoned off. Which sounds awesome. <laughs> Uh, I've been lucky enough recently to meet many independent wrestlers, brag, at Indish, uh, Irish indie promotion OTT Wrestling. Yeah, they get a lot of big they names. They do, such as UK champion, uh, so UK competitors Jordan Devlin, Tyler Bate, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, and Jeff Cobb. I always feel those three are always on the same shows. Jeff Cobb's just signed with their Ring of Honor. Yeah, I saw that. 
Yeah, it'd be great. great to see him. Though. Great, what a what an incredible roster of people he can have uh, some amazing matches with. TV him, title him and all over him and Silas Young. Oh. That is a match I would love to see. Uh, but my two most interesting meetings involved Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. Please, he's just Cody these days. Mark. Uh, one day after college, me and my friend Callum were walking to the train station after college and chatting about what had happened on Raw the night before. Next thing I knew, Cody Rhodes, who was in my hometown to do an Inside the Ropes event, was walking towards us. I was starstruck and stopped in my tracks in awe of him. He saw that I had noticed him and shook my hand before I muttered out, Big fan! in a very <laughs> high-pitched voice. A year later, I got to meet Cody again at an OTT show where the Young Bucks were also doing a meet and greet. As I went up to get my picture with Madden Jack, I was a bit nervous and wasn't really paying attention to where I was walking and BAM! I walked face first into a door right in front of the best tag team in the world. After that embarrassing moment, Matt struck up a, co- a small conversation me- to me by saying, It's cold outside, isn't it? To which I replied, Ah, stop! Which is an Irish way of saying, I know, right? This didn't translate... <laughs> right, yeah, I know, right? Ah, ah stop. Yeah, it's like, ah, stop. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, which didn't translate to Matt, who looked very confused, and I think he thought I just told him to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted the picture to both of them afterwards, and they both liked it, so I guess it wasn't too bad. Sorry for the long email. I hope you enjoyed the story. Love the show. Dylan from Cork. Ah, stop. Ah, stop. Ah, stop, Parashara. <laughs> you got in the wrong accent again. Wait a big stop. <laughs> Ah, wait a big stop. <laughs> um, right, okay, I've got one more reason. Okay. And the, you'll like this one as well. Grant Roberts here. Hello, Luke and Ollie. A few weeks ago, a fellow Podswafter sent in correspondence about his less than spectacular meeting with Rusev, which is actually a lot of how uh, Rusev Hay came to be. That was, yeah, that was the first one. I would like to share a similar experience I had meeting the Bulgarian brute along with his wife, Lana. On the day after the Royal Rumble earlier the year, uh, the SmackDown roster was in Newark, Delaware for a live event at my college, the University of Delaware. I decided not to go as I just saw the SmackDown crew at a live event last summer and at this point I had just graduated so I wasn't living on campus, which is how I ran into Rusev. I'm assuming Rusev had finished his match at the live event and headed about 20 miles north to Philadelphia. That's when I walked into a, a Wawa. W-A-W-A, Wawa, which I think is a, sa- I'm guessing it's a sandwich shop. Right. No, we don't have the, we don't have our Wawa here. Ah, stop. Uh, then I walked into a Wawa and saw Rusev and Lana standing near a kiosk waiting for a sandwich they had just ordered. I did a double take because I wasn't sure if it was them at first, but once I knew, I went right up to them hoping to get a picture. I introduced myself and told them I was a big fan of theirs. I also told them that I go to the school they just left. I began to talk about how much I enjoyed Rusev's match with John Cena that I saw at the live event last year, and I was about halfway through when I began to realise that the couple wanted nothing to do with me. Mm. They pulled out their cell phones and weren't paying attention at all uh, so i knew they wanted oh, me out of their no. face i told them good luck and walked away deciding asking a picture probably wasn't a good idea watching your youtube videos helped me get back into wrestling after eight years so thank you and keep up the good work ah, sh- ah what was it ah, ah stop ah stop ah stop thank you very much grant roberts oh that is soul crushing rusev crush <laughs> that man's heart <laughs> oh god imagine because i that that seems like there wasn't any thought put into it. He just saw them, ran up to them. Hey, I really like you, yada, yada, yada. I bet they get it all the time. But then, like, to see the phones just come up. Oh, no, right. Oh. It is. And it makes me... Uh, so, you know, we got those emails in from uh, Stephen Zuchich. Yes. He emailed to let me know I've been saying his name incorrectly. Hey. Now, in my defense, 
his first name is spelt the same as my middle name, which is Stephen. But I think his is Stefan. Stefan. Oh, it's out of the two names. It's not Zulich. Yeah. <laughs> it's that Stefan you got wrong. Yeah, exactly. That's correct. Right. Yes. Oh, but it's not with an F. No, exactly. No, it's with a PH. Wow. Um, Stephan. Yes. Yeah. Stephan. Right. So just before we go, I have got a poetry corner here. Which oh, I, Luke. Which I just had to read because it's called What I Hate About Wrestle Talk. Okay. Wow. Ten on a downer. Yeah, so this is from Joshua Grebert. Uh, hi, Luke and Ollie. A few weeks ago, Ollie put out the challenge that if people didn't like Poetry Corner, they should <laughs> let you know. Well, I decided to write you a poem about how much I hate Wrestle Talk. So, without further ado, ten things I hate about Wrestle Talk. I hate the Wrestle Ramble and poems about black holes. I hate your Raw and Smackdown reviews and I hate your silly polls. I hate the backstage expose. I hate opinion pieces too. I hate the Wrestle sketch as well, which you never seem to do. <laughs> I hate kidnapped holidays. I hate El Fakador. Luke now, Ollie now, or Laurie. I don't want to see him anymore. I hate now you've stopped talking about spoons. It really got my gall. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close, not even a little bit. Not even at all. Keep up the great, consistent work with a uh, tongue, like winking face mm. with a tongue pointing out emoji from Josh. What an emotional roller coaster that was. Wasn't it just? I didn't know if it was ironic or straight up serious. But you can see why I clicked it open as soon as I saw the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, 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 we get so many ones. Ah, oh, thanks. Wrestle Ramble's great. But the one negative one. Oh, they all hate us. <laughs> uh, yeah, you are right. Did completely forget the spoon thing. Yeah, and um, and Russell, that exists and Russell sketch. Yeah, but I know that exists. It's just it takes ages to do. Yeah. <laughs> it really hurts my voice doing oh, all, doing man. all those great impressions. It oh, just really yeah. knackers you out. Also, because I can only do several impressions. There's only so many bits you can do with those voices. <laughs> there are three main characters, really. Yeah, Vince, Shane, and Trips. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Well, that's all we've got time for today, isn't it, Luke? That certainly is all we have got time for today. We'll have more Rusev Hayes and Poetry Corners uh, on tomorrow's episode when we're reviewing Monday Night Raw. And it's Brock Lesnar's ultimatum. Is he going to show up? Probably not. Paul Heyman likely will, though. And we might find out if he's going to have a match at SummerSlam. But until then, we'll see you later. I love you. Goodbye. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.